Are you working hard to keep yourself limited and playing small? Is that working for you? If not, would you like to be changing that now? What if the key to activating your wealth was in the willingness to embody the abundance of possibilities you are? Would you choose it? Join in the conversation now on Living Well with your host, Keisha Clark, and receive tools and facilitation to clear the points of view that keep you stuck in limitation to begin choosing your abundance and living well right now. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this great, big, beautiful, wonderful, amazing, magical world. Hello and welcome to Living Well here on A2Zen.fm. I am your host, Keisha Clark, and for the next hour or so, possibly your Living Well Empowerment Agent. And if you have not joined us already in the chat room, please do. You can just click on the word chat room located in the red bar near the top of your screen and come on in, give yourself a name, yours or someone else's, and log in and play with us backstage. You can submit your questions that way. You can submit your comments that way. Sometimes the conversation is going along with the show topic and sometimes it's going perpendicular to it. And in all cases, it is a contribution. And if it's your first time joining us, thank you for tuning in. Um, I know some folks might be tuning in to hear my beautiful guest today. <laughs> so if you've never gotten to play with us, thanks for coming by. And um, for those of you who were with us last week, I wonder how you're doing with all those demons. <laughs> Have you been having some gratitude? Have you been having some awarenesses? Wow, I, I got some great feedback, and I'm so grateful that um, the show, that the conversation um, was um, a support and an inspiration to some of you. Um, and thank you. Always, always, it's really great and awesome to hear back from folks. Uh, about the shows. I love hearing what you're thinking and what's going on for you and what's happening for you. And also, if you have questions about specific topics that you would like us to cover on the show, I'm always up for that. You can always email me at livingwellnow at gmail.com. Um, you can also click on the Facebook link that's on my page and you can message me in Facebook. So, Today, wow, I think that's about all those other thingies. We're, now that we've um, said thank you and goodbye to so many of our demons, I thought it might be kind of fun if we practiced a method of communication that was um, generative and actually was geared to creating something greater. And um, for this week, we're going to have a conversation about nonviolent communication. So we're talking about speaking your peace. So there is a common expectation with conflict that we should be able to talk it out. <laughs> There's that word should. So how do we do that with so many different points of view in the mix? And how do we do that in a way that honors everyone involved as best we can? Well, there is this beautiful language of living called nonviolent communication, and it is a choice that has brought thousands of people a way to peacefully find resolution and find a way to communicate that does honor everyone involved. So it is developed by Marshall Rosenberg. It offers a method of compassionate communication to meet the needs of all parties involved in the conversation, and many call it a way of teaching peace. So today I have two beautiful ladies who are practitioners and um, teachers and inspirations of nonviolent communication, Terry Doherty, also known as TD, and Connie Cox, <laughs> known as Connie, and they are here to just share with the world um, some more information about nonviolent communication. 
Um, welcome, Terry, TD, and Connie. <laughs> How are you, lovely? <laughs> Thank you, Tisha. It is so awesome to have you. And um, we just kind of we got to meet actually due to my uh, working on a project for a class that you're teaching here coming up in another week. And I just recently got to meet TD and Connie in person. And, oh, my gosh, they're so delightful folks. Um, if you are anywhere near the Dallas Metroplex area and you have uh, next weekend open, that's July 16th and 17th, consider coming to spend uh, some time with TD and Connie. Um, they do amazing work. Um, one of the one of the big things that that they do together as a team is they work with. Um, inmates at the Tarrant County uh, Jail, and that's in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and they just do amazing work with nonviolent communication with the, the folks in the jail there. Um, you've been doing this for about four years. Uh, is that correct? Yes, that's that's Oh, wow. Wow, and and it's it's creating amazing things. So we will we will get to that in the course of the conversation. So, ladies, first, I would love to just kind of let folks know a little bit about each of you. Um, we have these fun little blurbs in our um, in our show post. So, but I'd love to just kind of let you say a couple of words about yourself. So, TD, would you like to just say hello to the world? <laughs> yes, hello, world. Glad to be here talking about Marshall Rosenberg and NBC with my teeny Connie. Yay. In fact, we'll be we'll be leaving after we take this to go to. She'll be coming to pick me up, and we'll be off to the jail. So this Wonderful. is a really exciting Wonderful. morning. Wow, wow! And I hope they have a way to get to listen to you guys too, um, so that we can we can just give a high five to everybody who's choosing to change the way they're communicating and and create greater in their lives and i'm i'm totally raising my coffee cup to cheer you all <laughs> they can hear Thank it when you. they get out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and connie that was that was you hello say, them, yeah. say hello to the world connie <laughs> hello world yeah it's, we've we've said that we both ha our professional lives were in sort of physical health and and now we're uh, doing doing wellness in uh, in wholeness, not just yeah. physical health, but emotional, mental, spiritual, and just making the whole package. And yeah. uh, for me, it's kind of uh, uh, part of growing up. <laughs> it's about time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're la we're late bloomers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I'm probably in that category too. <laughs> it's a good club to be in. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Oh man. So so T D, would you tell us a little bit about nonviolent communication, the purpose of nonviolent communication? And a bit about mine. Oh yeah, what a great question. It's 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 about natural giving. Natural giving. Um Marshall liked to clarify the purpose before he talked to people all over the world uh, by saying it's a language, it's a technology that connects us in a way that makes natural giving possible. Um, and what he means by natural giving is giving not out of I have to do this, not out of obligation, not out of <gasps> I'm going to, you know, fear of punishment or just being guilty of my well. 
you know, it's giving out of the heart. It's learning to speak from the heart instead of, doesn't it seem sometimes like we're all just, our head is just head talking to that other, head talking to head talking, head talking. And to slow down in our lives enough to be able to speak from our heart, that's kind of what NVC is just all about. That's so beautiful. Wow. I just like took this deep breath. My body just exhaled as you said that. That's just lovely. Awesome. <sighs> and and for folks who really don't know anything about Marshall Rosenberg, um, can you like, uh, he had an amazing life. Um, he was with us in his body until just this last year. And, and, but I know a lot of folks maybe not have heard of him. So, um, there's a whole book, actually. <laughs> but can you tell folks a few of the highlights of, of Marshall Rosenberg? And his, he is the founder of Nonviolent Communication. Miss mm. Connie? Or... Yes, he uh, he actually trained as a psychologist, uh, mm-hmm. got a Ph.D. in psychology, and he realized that mainly they were looking at disease, they were uh, trying to heal uh, things that were wrong with people, and he just really found that he wasn't helping people that much, uh, and, and it just wasn't um, wasn't what he was called to do. And he mm-hmm. had experienced some really difficult things, like he uh, moved to Detroit as a young boy and uh experienced uh the race riots there and they had to basically uh shut down the neighborhood everybody had to uh, stay in place for several days or people killed and and then he also found out when he went to the school that because of his last name Rosenberg that um that that was a reason to be teased and he had never heard uh slurs before that related mm-hmm. to him being Jewish and uh so he was just he wanted to learn uh about peace and and how to uh deal with people in a peaceful way and it just over the years um NBC basically is what he came up with wow wow he, he was talking he about was that Go ahead, Jesus. Well, I was just going to like say that um, we talk often on this show about um, really claiming, owning, and acknowledging your capacities, and sometimes they show up in ways that aren't really comfortable. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of like each of us brings these amazing gifts, and somehow or another, um, through our life experiences, those those gifts show up, and it sounds like Marshall. Um, he, he exemplifies to me somebody who just really embraced and, and expressed his amazing gifts and, and talents in, in such a, a magical way with his creation of nonviolent communication. Um, and changed many, about, many lives. Oh, my goodness, yeah, all over the world, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and T.D., what were you going to say? It, what really touches me about Marshall's life is how he, from the, the time that he experienced that violence in almost just a shocking way as a young boy, he committed his whole life uh, to finding, to answering this question, why, how do we lose our compassion when we basically are compassionate human beings that 
at the core. Um, and what, what, what is it that makes violence enjoyable? And he gives many examples. At first, that may be a bit shocking to hear, oh, well, violence isn't enjoyable to me, but when you, you know, I heard, I heard myself call myself a goon, G-O-O-N, the other day in my self-talk. That's pretty, you know, it, it's, wow. at that time, it just was what was going on. It, and it's kind of violent. <laughs> when I think about the other side of me would say, oh, T.D. sweetheart. Oh, baby girl, it's fine. You know, so it really touches me that he would be able to find out the intricacies of how violence permeates our society and his whole life, even went all the way up to his uh, doctorate degree looking for the answers, and when he couldn't find them in academia, he just created, along with his um, mentor and... um, uh, Carl Rogers and many before him, he just created and put together this technology. And if anyone needs this now, I think our culture needs to shift into a technology of speaking from our hearts. Even if people don't agree with us, just listening to them, not maybe we may not agree, but just listen, use our training, and let them feel heard. And to and before we begin to communicate, oh, I love that. Oh my goodness! Yes, I, I think we can <laughs> all we all have an awareness that it is some very intense times in our entire world, in our across the globe. And um, yes, what if we could? Those of us who know there is something else possible, who are willing to pursue that, what if we could be? choosing to be what changes this and and what if it you know we love to ask this question often what if it doesn't have to be difficult Um, and that's one of the things I really appreciate about nonviolent communication and it's it's just it doesn't take you know these massive um, productions to change things it change can be so easy and so quiet and so um, I want to say simple, but I know that that could be a word that confuses people <laughs> because there's a simplicity it's true. to it. You know, yes. yeah. it, it, yeah. it's true. It's simple. It's just not easy. It takes practice, yeah. practice, exactly. practice. But exactly. that's a good point, I think, Keisha. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I would love to know just a little bit and share with our listeners how each of you, um, what brought you each to nonviolent communication? Connie, what was your, what was your kind of invitation into nonviolent communication? Well, I started out uh, well going to therapy, and I had various coaches and so on, and I realized that I was not allowing myself to feel my feelings. Um, And I think in hindsight, I look back at my childhood, and when I was punished, uh, you know, when I was angry or when I was upset or this or that, I realized now they were punishing me for the way I expressed the anger, slamming doors, screaming, etc., not for the fact that I was angry, but in my child's way of thinking, I was thinking that all of those, quote, negative, unquote, emotions are bad. And so I just didn't want to feel them. I just didn't, and, and I kind of became a people pleaser and, 
just oh everything's fine and uh and eventually of course if you don't express your emotions it's uh going to take a toll in some way and uh for me it was weight gain um mm. I gained a tremendous amount of weight and uh basically uh literally stuffing the feelings down and uh and so I took care of the physical problem with the weight but I realized that by avoiding those feelings um I still I still need to work on that. Uh the problem is not solved if the physical problem is solved. So uh, a friend of mine uh told me about NBC and uh, because I had told her I wanted to learn about feelings and needs. I didn't have the language. And um she showed me some cards. She had decks, a deck of cards for feelings and a deck of cards for needs. Oh, and wow. we talked about um just a situation that I had been in and she said just go through the cards and pull out the ones that are speaking to you, you know. And so I did and 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 then, you know, I had a bunch of cards and then she says you can, you know, if you have uh five cards, you can uh then just drill it down maybe to two or you know whatever and and i loved putting a name to it you know to exactly what it was and the same thing with needs just uh i realized that uh for example in romantic relationships i had this hollywood idea that if he loves mm-hmm. me he should know what i need and now I now I realize how ridiculous that was because I didn't even know what I needed. Right. How could he know? You know, <laughs> poor guy. I know. So I read the I read the NBC book and loved the precepts of it and and decided I wanted to practice it. So I went on CNBC.org. And found, and I was thinking, well, maybe somewhere in the Metroplex there'll be a meeting. Figured it'd probably be, you know, 30 miles away. This particular meeting was two miles from my home. Wow. So that was absolutely meant to be. And that's where I met TV, as a matter of fact, on that first day. So, uh, very life changing. And, and it is something that, uh, you know, you have to practice it. So uh, it's just been, it, it has been life-changing, which is why we wanted to share it with the ladies at the jail. That's awesome. That's awesome. We are kind of <laughs> in that place where we, uh, I think it's a perfect place to actually take our break. And then I'd love to hear TD's story of how she came into non, the, the, the course of nonviolent communication, the, the lifestyle, really. Um, so if you ladies are good with that, do you mind if we go ahead and jump into our break so we can get back to this amazing conversation? Absolutely. Sure. Fabulous. Okay, folks, so we have more. There's really cool stuff to talk about and share. So you are listening to Living Well here on A2Zen.fm. I am Keisha Clark. I'm here today with TD, otherwise known as Terry Doherty, and Connie Cox, 
who are practitioners and teachers and inspirations of nonviolent communication. I'm loving this conversation. I'm so grateful you came to play today, and we will be back right after these messages. <laughs> Have you begun to ask yourself what you truly desire to create in your life? What if you being willing to embody abundant living was the key to your wealth and to creating greater in your life? And what if that could also be the invitation for more people to be willing to embody abundant living? Would that be a contribution to you and your body and to other people and their bodies? And might that also create more in the future? Join Keisha Clark Empowerment Agent and the host of Living Well Radio Show to discover, uncover, and crack open the wealth of possibilities you are every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world? and to like yourself a lot more. Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question, always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com How much of your life are you truly living? Are you creating your life in celebration of your strengths and capabilities? What would your life be like if you were choosing the abundance of possibilities of you now? Connect with Keisha Clark, your Living Well Empowerment Agent now for a different perspective on creating the life you truly desire to be living. Call in with your questions in the U.S. 815-880-8255, in Canada at 613-800-8736, in the UK at 033-0001-0625, by Skype at a2zen.fm, or by emailing Keisha at livingwellnow at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome to the next segment of Living Well here on A2Zen.fm. I am still Keisha Clark, and I'm still here today with TD, also known as Terry Doherty, and Connie Cox. We're having a delightful conversation about nonviolent communication, um, talking about speaking your peace. And, um, and it's P-E-A-C-E, not P-I-E-C-E. So, <laughs> so we were just listening to how these beautiful ladies got uh, involved and invited into um, the world of nonviolent communication, the lifestyle of nonviolent communication. Um, Terry, TD, what was your um, invitation? I love that the two of you showed up in the class the same day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I saw that little redhead just <laughs> gave her a big hug, total, just total stranger to our group. And she just walked in out of nowhere, and now we're teenies. Bizarre. I love just, it. That's the wow. magic of it, you know, of that natural giving. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, to answer your question, um, I have the same spinal disability. It's a 
a degenerative spine, basically, that my mom had and that led to her demise and that my grandma uh, had and led to her demise. And I began a um, career in fitness as a fitness trainer and as a person who ended up running um, fitness centers. Um, I think basically as I look back on it, just to say no to the universe, you're not getting me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care if I if my spine, and I'm doing different things than they are. And I went into a bit of uh, probably the deepest denial of that I've, I'm aware of in my life so far. And as I was progressing in my career, right about 2000. Uh, for my best buddy, uh, Gomer, uh, Jay Kendall, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, he was, he's such a fun guy and he was way into NBC and he had just gone to, uh, well, in 2004, we actually took the same class from Judith Stewart Cole. She was our first teacher. When we graduated from that, she gave us a little certificate that said, you're now baby giraffes which is Marshall's language for the language of the heart versus the Jekyll language, which is the language of the head-to-head, head-to-head, I don't agree, what about you, I don't think so, you know, all that head-to-head stuff. Jekyll uh, and the the, uh, tell me more uh, would be a good example of of giraffe language. Wow. Jay, you know, my buddy Gomer is just going crazy on all this stuff, and he ended up going to to uh, Marshall's nine day intensive, and he came back and he was just talking all weird, and I was like, "What the heck happened to you? You're not gossiping about everybody like we used to. It was more fun before you went." And he um, he said, "Well," and I'll never forget it because he was standing up and I was sitting, and I was just looking at him, and he started pointing to his head, and he said, "It's just a lot more pleasant in here." And that moment was what I needed because it was not pleasant in my head. And um, I was using several tools at the time. Um, NBC at that point in my life was more of just being with my buddy and, and having the connection with the people that were coming to his practice group. I was seeing a counselor, using Byron Katie's The Work, emotional brain training, you know, Laurel Mellon out of California. Um, And all of a sudden, I learned through studying nonviolent communication, by studying I mean practicing, going to a practice group every week. And I learned that I needed connection like a, kind of like Miss Connie was, was saying earlier, kind of like a drowning man needed water. I mean, needed air. A drowning man had water, right? <laughs> but he, you know, if you picture yourself drowning and how much you need air at that moment, that's the same kind of feeling that I had inside me that I needed connection with no way of asking for what I need and actually even feeling as if it was wrong to need wow. like that. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I remember talking to my counselor and just saying for the first time, depression. And it was the first time I'm in relation to myself. I mean, as a fitness trainer, I would get a little bit of connection by helping someone else who was depressed. I felt very comfortable. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of connection in the career, but then once I would go home, then I would begin to feel this isolation and the loneliness. The Really, for me, it got to, to a despair place, a hopelessness. And my spine decided, mm, it's time for everything to fall away. And that left me in the trenches without... Um, the options of a well-funded life and without the ease of physical comfort, without children, without a home, without a mate and a pet, you know, things that I thought when I was growing up, oh, you know, this, my life is not going to look like it ended up looking. I just, I was in shock for several years. But that all, you know, the quick answer to how, what does NVC meant to me is, I learned that suffering is the best motivator for me to grow spiritually. And of all the tools I was using, the connections that I was making in my practice group were heart connections. They were natural giving. And that natural giving would give me a high that many of us need drugs and food to to try to create. They're not even as good. Even Miss Connie and I laugh about brownies out of the oven. You know, we never, when we started this, we never thought anything in a jail could be as fun as eating brownies out of the oven. And we come out of that jail classroom, you know, a lot of time saying, baby, brownies out of the oven, baby. You know, we've got those goosebumps, those God bumps, and we're feeling how yeah. it feels to contribute to another human being and how not only for them but for us. And so now I experience, uh, well, you know, I did want to say that, that all of that suffering just led to me saying yes to the question, would you be willing to facilitate NVC in a jail? <laughs> said, wow. Uh, wow. And now, you know, we, we it, it, it is, it's magic. We... Now I get to experience natural giving every Friday consistently and every Wednesday when I go to the animal shelter. I mentioned no pets. You know, there's not the resources for pets. But, hey, there's lots of pets that can use my love, man, and I just found it. And all of a sudden, and I look back and think, wow, all those tools were great. But, man, and NBC isn't for everybody, but for me personally, it's, it gave me, like Connie said, the language to move out of the despair and not be so scared that that hopelessness is going to kill me. It's not. I just know, okay, time to call Keisha, time to call Connie, time to get some, some time to get some support. I don't have to do this all myself. And by the way, the whole rest of the world feels the same way. These are universal needs. I'm not the right. only one that ever felt hopeless, for God's sake. Oh, man. Oh, beautiful. But in that place, (laughs) we feel isolated. When we're in that isolation place, we feel like we're the only one. It's just crazy, violent to ourselves. Wow. And and you know what's so fascinating to me? We've In a number of conversations I I am so blessed to to get to have, we, we get to that discovery of ways that we are actually enacting violence in our own lives, you know, like what you mentioned with your self-talk awareness earlier, um, that we really are using violent and abusive energies. 
um, that we've just misidentified as, well, that's just kind of how I grew up, or that's kind of like what I'm used to, or that's the way so-and-so talked, or, you know, and yet we we come, thankfully, many of us, we, we are able to get to the awareness of that's really not kind to us. That's mm-hmm. really not kind to the people we say we care about, you know. Um yeah, so I I just I love I'd love to give folks um there's four steps basically um in my understanding of nonviolent communication. I'm I'm new to the whole um work. Um but Connie, can you can you kind of give our listeners the a, a a synopsis of those four steps? I'll be glad to. And it's not really a formula so much, but awesome. he uh Marshall does uh give four steps because if you get to a request too soon in a conversation, it it probably won't go as well as if you do the other things first. And mm-hmm. so the the first step is observation without judgment. If I'm having a difficulty with somebody, somebody's doing something that I have a problem with, if I say, you're always late or you're uh, lazy you're this, and I'm right and you're wrong and this kind of thing, you're automatically breaking that connection with that individual. And so, again, that head-to-head instead of heart-to-heart. And so if somebody's doing something I don't like, I can state it in a way that doesn't make them wrong. It's just like uh, the old cop shows used to say, just the facts, ma'am. You know, without without judgment, instead of saying you're always late, I can say, gosh, it seems like the last couple of times we got together, um, I noticed that um, that you came in 20 or 30 minutes after the time that we had agreed upon. And so again, it's it's tone of voice, but it's also not accusatory. It's just statement yeah. of facts. Yeah. Okay. And then we get into the feelings and needs, which are the the second and third uh, parts. And so I uh, and and one of the things we also learn is that somebody doesn't make me feel. A certain way, mm. they might stimulate something in me, but it, but it's my choice as to how I'm going to respond. And so okay. we take responsibility for our own feelings, but not for those of everybody else, which was also yes. <laughs> I always point, felt yes. responsible for everybody else's emotions. And, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, and so, uh, feelings and needs. And I'll just give you a quick example of uh, one thing that happened in in our jail class. Uh, TD had brought her sunglasses in, which normally we don't do. And one of the girls had picked them up and put them on. Now you have to realize that in jail, accessories are non-existent. You have mm-hmm. your khaki uniform, and that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so she was really enjoying those sunglasses, and as class started, she was continuing to wear them. And we sit in a circle, and I noticed that 
I couldn't see her eyes. And, you know, again, my first response is, oh, you know, I don't want to say anything because she's really enjoying those glasses. You know, she's enjoying wearing them. But I decided this is a perfect example for NBC. And so I said to her, um, I'm, I'm seeing you wearing those sunglasses, and it looks like it's really meeting a need for fun and play for you. And... um and then I said, but it's, but I've also noticed that I can't see your eyes, and I'm feeling disconnected because of that. And um, so, and, and I'm really wanting to connect with you as I look at, you know, look around the circle. I want to connect with everybody in the circle. And she looked kind of surprised. And... Um, so I got to the request, which is the fourth step, and I said, would you be willing to let us see your eyes? And mm. the important thing about a request is you have to be willing to hear no. And so I told her I'm willing to hear no because I really, <laughs> you know, like I said, I've got this conflict. I can see how much you're enjoying, you know. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, And so... She uh, just flipped the glasses up to the top of her head. And she was smiling because she realized that I was motivated by connection. And the young lady that was right next to me said, you know, I was thinking the same thing, but I wasn't (laughs) going to say anything. And that just shows, you know, how... And and she realized, and she had no idea. She could see our eyes. She had no idea that we couldn't see hers. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a little example, but it was, uh, it, she didn't feel bad. She didn't feel wrong at the end of the exchange. And she, because she realized that we wanted to connect with her, you know, she was fine. You know, and and actually, when you have uh, an authentic exchange like that, you can be closer at the end. Oh yeah. Instead oh, yeah. of in some other difficult conversations where we feel worse at the end, where we're blaming yeah. and and sniping at one another, you know, yeah. you're not feeling yeah. good at the end of that. <laughs> so that was just a real quick example. But yeah, that was beautiful. Uh, wow. And let me just quickly, you know, say a little bit more about requests versus demands, because if you're not willing to hear a no, it is a demand. Mm-hmm. And it's and no matter how nicely you ask it, if the person knows they can't say no, it's still a demand. And really, there are only two responses to a demand. You can either give in and say, okay, you know, and do it, and then, of course, you're going to pay for this, you know, (laughs) or you can rebel and not do it, or you can say you will and don't, which is what a lot of people do, or uh, do it and do a poor job. But but if somebody demands something, it's very hard to give from the heart in response to that. 
Oh, yeah. So that was one of the biggest lessons I learned because I realized that there were times when I requested things that I was really <laughs> I was really not uh not willing to hear the no. So that's uh and then when somebody does say no, then you can as Marshall says, find the need behind the no. You know, see what mm. see what is going on with them. Wow. And uh so yeah, uh addressing your own feelings and needs allows you to connect with the feelings and needs of others and have empathy with someone else's position and mm-hmm. uh it can just really be a, a beautiful exchange. But as T D said, all feelings and needs are universal. We all have the same uh-huh. ones. And so if I can understand what you're needing, I can relate to that because there are times when I need that as well. And yeah. so it's it's an opening up and that's the heart-to-heart connection. I love Um, that. Even if somebody's doing something that you really don't enjoy, (laughs) you can see why they're doing it. It's it's a strategy that I sure don't care for, but if I can see why (laughs) they're doing it, then it's just a a lot uh, easier to deal with. Yeah. Uh, there is so much juiciness in what you just shared. I I'm just loving it. I wish we had two hours so that we could talk about it. But I guess that's really part of the joy of getting to have this class that you guys have coming up and I wanna just share with yeah. folks, um I've I have made an executive choice to skip our second break because there's just so much juiciness here. Um so you have a class coming up this next weekend, which if in for those weeks. of you listening to the replay, yeah, the, the, I, I consider that next because I call this weekend this weekend. I have a weird way that I talk about them. Um two weeks from this weekend. Exactly. On the July sixteenth and seventeenth, um, in the Dallas area. It's uh this particular class is gonna be held at a place called Unity on Greenville. It is a, a, a beautiful old church building that still houses uh, a, a congregation of Unity of, of Christ, Unity Church of Christianity. And um you guys are gonna be there teaching to anybody who would like to come uh learn about nonviolent communication. Do you wanna just share a, a, a quick little something about the what what folks can expect? Uh, yes, it's a uh, it's a uh, ten to five on Saturday and one to five on Sunday, and we're going to be able to get in into all the stages and practice of NBC, and we'll also be able to get into some of the deeper uh, benefits, the role play, the uh, mediation type things, and so you'll be able to get to the real juicy stuff that we can't cover in one hour, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> Wow, wow. And it'll, and it'll be very informal. People can just wear cool. comfortable clothes. It's it's a, it's nice. If somebody hurts, they can lie down on a yoga mat. It's just very comfortable. Awesome. Awesome. So everybody's included. And, and if, if people, uh, is there sort of an age range? Like, do you need to be at least 15, at least 18? Is that, is that, a, is that a, a requisite? Uh, probably. Probably best. Okay. Uh, okay. Somewhere in that, somewhere in that okay. area. Okay, yeah. cool. So, if folks want to um, teach this to their kids, if they if they would like to bring their children into the nonviolent communication practice, um, are there what suggestions would you have for that? 
well, what I would suggest, and depend, again, it depends on the age of the children, but I mm-hmm. would I would suggest that the parents learn about it, and and then that they can practice. And one of the the great things about uh, dealing with children and is we've done some role play with some of the ladies in the jail uh, pretending that we were her children, and she made the realization that she didn't ever listen to them. She was so busy telling them what she wanted them to hear that she wasn't hearing. Wow. And so, uh, so yeah, just uh, even if the parent... Uh, tries to find out what the child is feeling and needing, that's huge because mm-hmm. it it huge. gives that child the feeling of mattering. You know, I am a child, but I, my needs matter, my feelings matter. And so that can be a beautiful thing. But, again, it and depends on the age of the child. Do you have any uh, comments about that, T.D.? Yes, the thank you. The um when we were at the location last Sunday, um uh it, just mentioning it to the people at the um Oh at Unity, uh-huh. Unit Unity on Greenville, uh to the congregation, a lady came up to us right after the service and mentioned that uh like many of us, uh oh my I'm just not able to talk with my 17 year old and I it's it is critical it's just it's a war zone in my house and we see that a lot the way that I saw it unfold when my friend Jay was doing um, the practice group here in Arlington every Thursday everything grew out of that practice group like Miss Connie said we we were the uh, there were some uh, there was a, a teenager that came but she came uh, because no one else in her family was willing to come, and she came. Um, but as a rule, the practice group was a great place because the hardest people to use this technology with are the people that we live with. Yes. Right? Yes, so true. <laughs> Definitely. So, the so, that they use it, right? Yeah, a, a perfect stranger, no problem. Let me, yeah. you know. So we have way more to at stake. And if the parent can come to a practice group, which we, um, and Keisha, you, I know you have pointed out, I think, somewhere where people can go online yeah. and find practice groups, and we're hoping to begin a practice group at uh, Unity on Greenville. It's a good location. If you can get in any place, any location, any community, a practice group going, it's been my experience that that is what makes us progressively, as Marshall says, less stupid. We just keep practicing. We don't judge ourselves. We bring this war zone to the practice group and we have the support of others to help us learn we just practice until we can begin to use this technology with our own family and I have found in my relationship with my my dear friend now who this is a relationship of 15 years and the longest relationship I had had before I began MVC 
was two and a half years. I'm seeing now at this 14, 15 years that even when I'm stimulated to just furious at this guy, what, you moron? Can you... I can possibly find that place. Oh, sweetie, you're furious. Breathe. And begin the process. And things that 15 years ago used to drive me screeching my wheels out of the house in my car onto the road, now, perhaps on a good day, in a good brain state, can handled in a different way. So all that to say about the children, you know, beginning with the adult in the family who's responsible for the well-being of the people in the home. I love it. And, and, and there is a book. There is a book that folks can purchase. Um, yes, ma'am. communication. <laughs> so you can look it up on Amazon, folks. Um, if you're coming to the class, if you'd like to come to the class, um, on July 16th and 17th, actually, the, the bookstore at Unity on Greenville has some copies available as well. And um, and then there's this, this practice group that you mentioned. Um, we've got a link on this replay page. All you have to do is scroll down and click uh, to find um, locations of, of practice groups. And it uh, will direct you to the Center for Nonviolent Communication website. So it's cnbc.org in case you're not, if, if you're listening on one of the apps and you don't have the scroll down capability, cnvc.org. And then you can just find the tab that allows you to look for the practice groups. Um, ladies, we're coming to the end of this show. I cannot believe how fast it goes. It's so fast. It always goes so fast. <laughs> we're having such juicy conversations, of course. Um, so if there's one thing you'd like to just invite people, leave people with, you know, some, some something, what, what's on your heart to, to share before we finish our conversation today? Connie, would you like to extend your Yeah, invitation? I would just like to say that uh, when we do our class, often the, uh, we'll ask those that have been in the class for a while to share what NBC has done for them to those who were new in the class. And uh, a lot of times they'll say, uh, I, I was down in the pod and somebody tried to start something with me and I was able to pause, I was able to stop before I answered. That wow. is huge. Life huge. Yeah. Huge. Wow. Because that could make a difference between getting kicked out of the program, getting more time, if they reacted the way they used to. Yeah. Oh, that just wow. And we all we all need to stop at times when we're, you know, ready to yeah. yell or whatever. Pounce. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. And TD, what would you like to say, my beautiful new friend? <laughs> <laughs> I. What comes to me is. It's something that I went through and have come out the other side. Now I only visit for short periods, and that is the grief, the despair, the hopelessness. Right at this moment, someone is listening to this program, and they feel that. It's those needs every human being feels hopeless at one point in their life and there are 
there have been many times when I've been listening to, was listening just the other day to someone in California and they were talking about their moving into their new home in the mountains just a little bit away from Los Angeles area and it just triggered that, wow, he's in a world that's so far away from mine. And so I'd like to say for those people who are feeling, who are in the trenches trying to get it together and get any stability together at all in their life, mm. and they may be feeling, it is never going to work for me. It works. They, those two ladies, good for them. But I'm not this or I'm not that. And to those people, I would like to just ask, can you hear my heart? <laughs> can you hear my heart telling you, sweetheart? It is okay. There is a place for you. There is a way out of this. And we're going to do it together. Wow. That's that's what I would want to convey. Wow. You just made me get all teary. <laughs> I know. Me too. Uh, that's what speaking from the heart does, you know. It's, oh, it's a good teary. Oh, isn't it beautiful? beautiful. Ladies. I cannot say thank you enough. I so appreciate you taking the time to come play with me today and for choosing to be the gift and the invitation you are being to the world to to choose different, <laughs> to choose from the space of our generosity and to choose from the space of desiring what is truly amazing about us. And so thank you. Thank you for being a part of my life. Thank you for being a part of the people's lives who you inspire every day. And thank you for inviting us to just ask a question. You know, what else is possible if we made a different choice for ourselves and with the people we love and with the people we don't love? <laughs> Amen. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right? <laughs> Lots more of that, please, in the world. So, okay, I'm going to have to get a tissue, and we're at our last 30 seconds, and I would like to um, invite everyone, if you uh, if you have not come to play with me yet, I would love to, to get to do that, and um, you can find me on Facebook. You can scroll down on this replay page and find the link for that, as well as the link for the amazing series I get to co-host with my sister goddess, Rhonda Burns, Sexually Speaking. It's a weekly web show. Um, and in the meantime, folks, what would it be like to enjoy and adore you? Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening in today to Living Well with your host, Keisha Clark. You are invited to join us every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on A2Zen.fm. In the meantime, what would it take for you to be choosing more of the abundance and prosperousness of you and living well with total ease?